everybody. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Southern Fried Philosophy Podcast, where it's two guys take on life, liberty, and the pursuit of gravy, and you, the listener, are getting a degree in common sense. We are broadcasting from the HB5 studios right here in beautiful downtown historic Concord, and I be your host, Biggin. How about you? We've got a great show lined up for you, and when I say great, we've got our special guest on this show, one Mr. Mason Weaver. I'm excited about that. The Weave Man. <laughs> we should call him that on the show. <laughs> um, we, we've got a great show lined up for you, as always. Uh, but before we begin, let me go ahead and introduce you to the second half of this flaky biscuit. That's right. I'm talking about the pride of Anderson, South Carolina, 2016's honorable mention, Father of the Year, the inventor of the redneck egg roll. Give it up for my man, Mojo! You love this song way too much (laughs) Dude, how long did we toil over trying to find this song? I did days, I knew you only did hours It was about, it was two hours I love this Yeah It just brings back so many memories of like old game shows My grandparents' black and white TV Yeah Well, you, you started singing it And I was like, this is from the dating game And you're like, no, it's not from the dating game and then I, I, and the only reason why I knew that was because uh, Beverly Hills Cop Two, right, said uh, they they made a reference to this song on the movie, and I know that movie inside and out, like like the back of well, my head. Who would have thunk that uh, you had sixty five versions? Oh yeah, of dating game things on. You have to literally search for. I Wikipedia it, and oh, thankfully wow. they didn't change it. Well, thankfully so, Wikipedia was right. Right, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. So, <laughs> so there you go. That's that's your, that's your. Bringing in music right oh, there. Oh, man. How well, about it? Well, I'll tell you what. In a land where we don't know which is right or wrong or left or right anymore, you're listening to the Southern Fried Philosophy Podcast. <laughs> it's good to be good to be here today. Um, you can find us on the Twitters at SFP Radio, Instagram, SFP Radio, Facebook at Southern Fried Philosophy Podcast, and also our website at www. Southern Fried Philosophy dot, uh, Podcast dot com. Um, like uh, Big and said, we also have a special guest on the uh, show today, Mason Weaver at MasonWeaver dot com. He is a ex Black Panther, um, conservative um, black gentleman, and yeah, he, imagine is, that. he is uh, coming to throw down some steam mm, today. You don't want to so miss I'm, it. I'm anxious. We'll, we'll try to keep the banter quick because his interview may be a little bit long. Yeah, so. and that's, we want to reserve <laughs> as much time for him because right. he, is a, he, is an, uh, he is a great guest. So, Wow. Well, as I ask you every week, how you been doing? Hey, man, I'm, I'm, I'm doing good. Yeah? I think, uh, well, actually, no. You know what? Uh-oh. Here it comes. sucks. What burns your biscuits? Dude, it's February, and it's very pollen season. Good gracious. I'm coughing. I'm yakking up a yak. Well, I think we're like 40 days ahead of schedule. <laughs> so what What is this going to be? Like in mid July, June. Either we're going to hit the, the ice age, or it's going to be like, you know, full on nakedness. I'm I'm predicting, and this is I should get a profit star if this happens. Uh, I'm predicting that July Trump will not have to go to the tanning bed anymore and look orange. He could just go outside. Poof, he's already yeah, like tanning. He'll, he'll be sitting out on the uh, on the lawn with one of those mirror things <laughs> in, in Mar a Lago. <laughs> he's just hanging out there. It's gonna be yeah. huge, huge. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, um, yeah, dude. It is, it is it's quite hot. I just got finished being sick, and now I'm like, uh, yep. I'm like 
like two fist and Clarendon and whiskey right now, trying to <laughs> back down the pollen. So it's it's just crazy. So yeah, I'm not ready for I'm not uh, swimsuit ready yet. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that's a I'm problem. Still, I'm still working on my beach body too. So <laughs> by the way, so how's the uh, you're still doing the the training? Yeah, with, uh, yeah. With our personal I, I, trainer? Well, I didn't get to go this past week because I mm. broke two more ribs. That a boy. So um, evidently, uh, my baby, baby, baby back ribs, <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, hopefully uh, those will be healed up. I'll, actually, I'm, gonna, I'm probably going to start back Friday. But yeah, yeah, I've dropped eight pounds so far. Had a boy, so I'm toning it up a little bit. Uh, I think that's the uh, the the idea when I come back from the old India. Yeah, I'll uh, <laughs> special one, assignment. One I plan on just having diphtheria the whole time and just losing tons of weight just well, from well, drinking some water. Evidently, it's pretty common over there. Yeah. So then uh, the old, the wife. Um, has said you should probably go to the personal trainer when you get back. So I said ten four, good buddy. So hey, I tell you what, you know, I, I can honestly say that um, you know, that's one thing I, I, I was very nervous about mm-hmm. uh, being held back after a heart transplant. If, you, if this is your first time listening to the show, please go back and listen to our first mm-hmm. episode, kind of get a little biography and on then, myself, and then also second episode you can listen to Biggin's biography. But I had a char- heart transplant last March, and uh, that's one biggest thing is just recovery. I, I wasn't able to do cardiac rehab. Uh, initially, but so I'm, I'm catching up with a personal trainer and I tell you what, every day that I do work out and, and granted we're starting over baby steps, mm. but I feel great. Hmm. So hopefully it continues. So I, I'm challenging my heart every day by just eating more gravy. I think. <laughs> well, you know, usually, uh, usually that, that is kind of a workout trying to choke <laughs> yeah, it down. Right. So. But I'm guilty. I'm guilty of the gravy too. Yeah, I mean, you're, we're in the South, stuff. man. Yeah, I mean, gravy, to. gravy goes on everything. It yeah. goes in your sweet tea. Literally. I'm going to the Mexican restaurant. I'm like, do you have any gravy? And they're like, hot sauce? I'm like, no, no gravy, gravy for the tacos. Yeah, yeah. So they don't understand. <laughs> so how you be doing? Oh, man. I'm, I'm doing good. We had a uh, a little incident at the uh, the Biggin Manor. Uh, we had the in-laws in this week. Oh. Uh, or with, outlaws. <laughs> with uh, the sister-in-law with her two kids. Oh, wow. Uh, so we go down to the cabin, and on the way back, I see something moving on the ground. I'm like, what is that? Just a, It's not a squirrel. I can tell you that. It turns they're out all, you're at squirrel apocalypse. <laughs> they're all dead. Uh, it's old no shoulders. It's Satan's little hand puppet. <sighs> I see a snake, and it freaks me out. Probably like a garden snake. Yeah. Oh yeah. It was a garden snake. But I freak out. Uh, I go to the house and I start getting as many boxes as I can. And I say, "We're packing this sucker up." <laughs> I'm, I hate snakes. I hate them. Uh, the devil used those things for a reason because they're completely evil. And uh, my father-in-law just picks it up with his bare hands, and I'm like trying to like spray it with some type of wasp killer. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I'm just grabbing anything I can. Oh, yeah. <laughs> At that point, I hate snakes. I can't stand. I see one little one. I'm like, that's it. Let's so, move. do you hate clowns or snakes more? Oh, ooh, if you put me in a room full of snakes or clowns, I would, I would have to say the snakes because I feel like I could at least fight the clowns off a little bit better. Mm. The snakes, you don't know what's going to happen with those yeah, things. They're, kinda, they're all over you. Yeah, they, they're kind of shifty-eyed critters. Yeah. Um, the clowns, I feel like I could take in a fight a little bit better. Yeah. Yeah. So. Right, punch them right in the red nose. <laughs> down low. Yeah. Uh, so that that freaked me out. So I'm I'm ready to pack up Big and Manor, and we're about going to leave. <laughs> so the squirrels didn't run you out with the, the snakes outside. Oh, yeah. Yeah, at least squirrels. At least they look semi-cute. Yeah. No. No. Uh, actually, I, I, I'll, I'll see if I can find this, but I meant to find it. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, one of the world's most uh, expensive craft beers mm-hmm. comes in a in, uh, the bottle. Actually, no. just come comes into a no. uh, squirrel carcass. What? Yeah, yeah. So uh, here, <laughs> I read this. I 
read this today. I can't remember what website it came mm-hmm. from, but uh, there's actually a, a brewery called Brew Dog, mm-hmm. okay. and they uh, they they constant try to push the limits. <laughs> so now they have a uh, a beer that actually. Uh, the bottle is shoved down the carcass of a squirrel. No, yeah. So it's better than the snake. Yeah, I could I could be okay with that. And it's also extreme uh, extreme alcohol. There's about uh, I think one of their brews actually has fifty five percent. Holy cow! I think I read that right. That's insane. I don't even know what. That yeah. Is. So, but it's one of the most expensive uh, uh, craft brewery bottles out there. So well, if you're a, if you're that. a uh, connoisseur, there there you go. But hey, Mm-mm. just on the same lines as the squirrels we've been talking about for about. Two two years yeah. now seems like, <laughs> yeah. So uh, speaking of some wacky news, let's go into that. All right, so this is uh, courtesy of LEX18. Uh, a former Miss Kentucky USA contestant pleads not guilty to arson. Uh, in Louisville, Kentucky, a former Miss Kentucky USA finalist is accused of setting her roommate's bed on fire. Louisville police said Kristen McAllister admitted to setting the bed on fire after getting into an argument with her roommate. It happened early Saturday morning at on a, at an off-campus apartment complex close to, of course, the University of Louisville. According to the arrest the citation, she may have been under the influence of alcohol. May have been. Uh, McAllister has been charged with first-degree arson, and she re- uh, appeared at the Jefferson County courtroom Tuesday to plead not guilty to the charges. She was ordered to have no contact with the home in which the fire was reportedly set. So let's look look, look at the clues. Uh, we're going to play a little detective. She um, was playing Billy Joel's We Didn't Start the Fire. <laughs> it was set to a roommate's bed. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was obviously set on fire, and there has been drinking involved. So what do you think possibly happened on that one? Uh, lover's Quarrel? I think so. Yeah, that's... Probably where they... That's where usually the, what CSI would said. This where yeah. the where the scene of the crime happened. The scene of the crime. It's got to go up and... A bedroom is kind of a direct act of passion. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think. Yeah. I'm no I'm no rocket surgeon, but yeah. I'm pretty sure that's uh that's pretty sure lover's passion quarrel. <laughs> well, and again I bring that up because it is uh Kentucky. And of course all the good news comes out of Kentucky and Louisville. Louisville, Louisville and it's sucks. Louisville. And I there's yeah. nothing that good. Louisville's in the A C C the Atlantic yes. Con- uh, Who Conference. Likes that? Yeah. I mean <laughs> the the Atlantic Coastal Conference. How is Louisville, I, Kentucky in that? that? Exactly. How is Missouri part of the SEC? That I, I, that doesn't get me. I don't get it. Uh uh-uh. uh. Yeah, that's another tangent for another day. Jeez. <laughs> I like the AC when it used to be North Carolina. Right. South, I understand that. South, South Carolina, Virginia. Mm-hmm. But yeah, all yeah. these new new states. Oh. Yeah, like Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. How did that happen? Anyway, forget it. Anyway. But yeah, so I hate Louisville and uh, I don't like University of Louisville, of course. So I just thought I'd bring that one up. Who does like Louisville? Um, Patino, Petrino, and Horse. Oh, I hate Louisville. <laughs> I, they have some good restaurants in Louisville. I just hate the college, yeah. the university. Mm, me too. I'm with you on that. All right, so I do have uh, a couple of news stories. or I have one, you have a couple that mm-hmm. we're going to talk in. It's going to be uh, two guys' take on. So we do have Mason uh, Weaver coming on the show later. Here's a, a news story that's just coming out, courtesy of the Daily Mail. Activists lost launch petition to stop using black silhouettes for shooting target practice because they cause, quote, unconscious bias against African-Americans. 
Um, a group of activists have launched, launched blah, blah, oh, let me get that out, launched a petition to stop gun ranges using black silhouette targets. The uh, No More Black Targets campaign talks uh, claims that black targets contribute to trigger bias and gun violence against African Americans. Young black men are three times more likely to be shot by trained shooters than their white peers, it states on its website. I'm sure there's some... Re- re- oh, re- restate that stat. Uh, young black men are three times more likely to be shot by trained shooters than their white peers. Uh, whoa, 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 that's wrong. Now that's, that does not even wow. Facts are optional. I'm sure on this on their website. Facts no uh, longer matter. That <laughs> uh, states on its website before noting a quote disturbing potential correlation between the trend at the most popular target for shooters to learn is uh, their firearm is a black silhouette. So they're just claiming that uh, if you use a black silhouette, that that could uh, train you to be uh, more uh, apt to shoot a black person. Now, let's unpack this for a second. Yep, we can do that. Now, Chicago. Now, this is train shooters. Train shooters. Okay, right. so untrained shooters don't have silhouettes, right? Sure, right, yep. Okay, so in Chicago last year, they had like like 42 million murders, I think, something like that. Well, they're not trained shooters. They, you know. but, but they were all black. Most of them were <laughs> black on black. So you would think that if they are untrained shooters, how are they having that bias Towards the the black part, but also even the train shooters. Let's just say, take cops as a segment because mm-hmm. that's what I'm sure they're referring to. Because oh, yeah, I'm not sure they're referring to people who who pay the dues at the NRA well, and there's a gun range. So there's also nobody that owns a gun in Chicago that's not a cop <laughs> legally. <laughs> <laughs> so there's that part. But let's talk about the train shooters. So we'll mm-hmm. take cops as an example. More whites were killed last year by cops than blacks. I don't, yeah. I don't understand that. Yeah, facts are optional. So the truth is an enemy. <laughs> so the question is, though, so what are you going to change it to? If you use a white silhouette, then obviously you're going to offend the white folks. Zombies. Uh, if you use uh, yellow, you got Ooh, the Asians going. Yeah. You use red, you're going to be Indians. Native Americans. So, so what are you going to use? Like Zombies. I guess orange. Aliens. Orange could be, well, well or, if you do any type of zombie, that's going to be gender bias. Because that zombie yeah. was, you know, a race at one point. Right. Uh, so what are you going to use? Dogs. Maybe, I mean, that's just odd. Maybe, maybe we just maybe we just put a whole white sheet up there. <laughs> maybe like My Little Pony will have that. Or oh, like we got the then you had the Barney's. Bronies, then you oh, had the yeah. Bronies, and UC Berkeley uh, yeah, riding. That's probably true. So oh my gosh. anyway, just a uh, interesting. I don't I don't know America. So basically, you can have a website state fault false numbers statistics based off of emotion. And then start a petition and then make the news. Welcome to America. Have you not, have you just waking up? No, no, it's just the, the idiocracy just keeps getting deeper and deeper. Oh, it doesn't Man. stop. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> it, it's almost, it, I, I'm not sure if you've seen the Mike Judge movie, Idiocracy. I have not, no. You got to watch that. It's, it's so telling of how America is going, going down <laughs> the drain right now. Oh man, and we love America. We, I mean, I love America. America's our home. Uh, yes, um, I've had generations of my family serve and fought for this country. Mm. So, golly, we are. So the Nazis, going, the Nazis didn't get us, right? Uh, communists. Well, communists, communists are kind of getting us now. Yeah, the Japanese. No, but My Little Pony um, and Target silhouettes, silhouettes are going to bring us down. So here's another little. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's let's talk about this on the uh, little facts are optional. Yeah, since we're talking about police departments again. 
Um, there's a uh, Northampton, Massachusetts is ending its High Five Friday program <laughs> at a local elementary school. Okay. Due, due, con- due to concerns that undocumented children and mm. others may feel uncomfortable seeing an officer at school. Right. Um, the, pro- the program started by Northampton in December. I uh, had officers outside each school day, uh, high-fiving children, yada, yada, yada. So I guess with the new, I guess, presidency coming in and mm-hmm. the speech of immigration, I guess, uh, were we supposed to believe these kids now are intimidated by cops? I mean, I, I don't quite get this either. Here's where I'm going to come down on the story, uh, and you may be able to enlighten me on this one. Um when has the high five come back? That's that's where I'm a little bit more concerned. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I I thought the fist bump was temporarily in. The f- only if you like blew it up at the end, maybe. Yeah, maybe yeah. that's when it was cool. All right. But the high five. I mean, maybe like I can see that going on at like a concert, All right. like a uh, a sporting venue. Right. Got right. it. But coming off a school bus or hanging around school. Oh, I guess no. little, but little kids, elementary school, you know. All right, maybe. And plus, plus high five is universal. Maybe I'm a, I'm offended that they're bringing back the high five. I just I don't I don't even understand the what statement a, undocumented children. What about people that have four fingers? What about Ooh, that? That's yeah, offensive. Yeah, you got to bring that, dude. This is just. <laughs> I can't even use the word because this not even socially acceptable. Common this, sense, dude. This is crazy. Y'all. and and I mean I can understand if you're undocumented. Uh, you might be scared that you get deported. Uh, keyword here: undocumented, illegal, shouldn't be here. But also, Hasta they're doing high fives and not visa card checks, right? So I don't, I don't quite understand. Hasta luego, Pedro. <laughs> Which, oh man, I don't even know if that's right, but I'm going with it. Agua. It, it sounds, it sounds right. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> speaking, speaking of the undocumented, I guess. Uh-huh. You, did you hear uh, the the day without immigrants march and? Yeah, the uproar with uh, all the uh, well. I mean, obviously, there was some people who were terminated from jobs. <laughs> imagine that. Yeah, imagine that. So, of course, <laughs> that's uh, that's all the news covered was people uh, being terminated from jobs. Well, well obviously, uh, didn't show up. You don't want to show up. You, you don't... showed up to this country illegally. No work. You show up to work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And here's the, here's the other arc I wanted to kind of just talk about. All right. Now, I think this is kind of uh, just kind of a, a bigger a, a, one of those bigger indicative problems of our university system. Uh huh. Um. College Writing Center uh, at, at the University of Washington. Now, this is a main uh, university. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, university of Washington. The Tacoma uh, Tacoma's Writing Center now instructs the students that expecting proper grammar uh, perpetuates racism. <laughs> you know what I got to say for that, y'all? Well, well actually, I got to say is where were you at in high school for me? <laughs> so. But, well, I mean, all we have is the language right now. So now we're taking language away. Mm-hmm. I mean, once we decrease the language, I mean, you can't communicate. Well, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like you break down into into certain regional dialectics. You break. I mean, so this doesn't make sense. You know who I'm going to blame for this one is emojis. You can say a whole sentence in just one little emoji. That's right. So maybe we just all are going to emojis. What about that idea? Uh, the chocolate ice cream one. <laughs> no, that's just racist. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't, dude, I don't know. This is, I, no. I think this is the school system. The school system is, or the college university, quote unquote, higher learning is just. Uh, I don't know what what their mo with this is, but 
uh, is this a safe space thing now? I mean, is this? I mean, these government schools are just getting out of hand. It's just nothing. Right? I mean, it's nothing sacred. I, I I don't quite understand how grammar now is a reflection of racism. I just wish that math would be one of those things that's just kind of iffy. Because then, if that was the case, I could have flown through through high school because I was awful at it. Right. I mean, math really doesn't matter. I mean, I guess even in bu- building buildings or <laughs> spaceships or you know, right, mixing ingredients for medicine. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> Where do, where does this stop? Where's the yeah. nonsense stop at? And I just I don't quite understand where we're going as a society with yeah. um, just basics like science doesn't matter anymore. <laughs> you know, science science is only only matters when it's twisted and um, conformed to one ideal right. or, or, or political party. Science doesn't matter anymore when it concerns gender, right, um, or race or, uh, or things like that. Climate control. We talked about you know it's seventy degrees in February. Right. Can I can I remind and and we blame global warming. Can I remind you that we're coming out of an ice age in a period where there was no automotive and there was no humankind, but somehow the world managed to de-ice itself and then come out of this warming. Well, actually, thing. we had high, higher levels of CO two back then too, because there were more trees. And I guess come on, I, I guess Fred Flintstone and his uh, combustible engine. <laughs> I guess, but it, I just don't understand when, like I said, science no longer matters, free mm-hmm. speech no longer matters. Um. The facts no longer matter. Like I said, with statistics, mm-hmm. you can just I, I can say ninety three point seven percent of all statistics are made up right on the spot. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, breaking news: we just got our our, our uh, votes in, and we are the number one podcast. In, I like in that. all of the world. I like that, so we can say that. So take that. There we go. Take that. <laughs> uh, we could put that on our website and with a little just asterisk. do it. I, why not? No one's gonna fact check. Us. And <laughs> fact check. Fact checks are racist. <laughs> Oh, yeah, it's just, I would be okay with this if I knew at some point there was a slowdown period that was this was just going to stop, but it just seems to just get worse. Oh, it's like a snowball going down a, down a hill, you know. It but at some point, speed. That it's got to stop. At some point, the climate control, the climate change should melt that ice, that snowball. Right. And just make it go away. But I don't think it is. I, I don't know, man. It's, it, it seems like, uh, especially since... Uh, obviously, Donald Trump got in, and like him or love him or hate him or whatever, um, it seems like the left has now re- even amped it up even further. <laughs> and people for like me who are standing in the middle, uh, libertarian, we're just shaking our heads going, man, just sometimes common sense is going to have to prevail. It's a superpower, yeah. and nobody has it. There's very few people that have the superpower. It, it, is, it is definitely a, a gift that um, wasn't handed out during it. <laughs> During conception, for a lot of people, right, or they've either lost it or they need to retrain it because uh, yeah. it, it, this is—I don't know—I don't, I don't know if any of our listeners, listeners are frustrated as we are, but uh, just reading articles every day—I'm just—I'm over it. Yeah. I'm just laughing about it. At this I mean, point. it you have to because the yeah. silliness is the silliness out there about um, some of this stuff is just mind blowing. And, yeah. and for the people to actually get, be on their high horse saying that, you know, this right here is racist because because this person doesn't know how to conjugate verbs right or what a pronoun is or a noun is. i mean well i'm clearly not racist because i don't know what any of that means <laughs> <laughs> but you know i mean in like math like if two plus two doesn't equal four anymore hold on let me get a calculator yeah so yeah i, I just it doesn't make it doesn't make sense yeah but oh, well. well maybe we can ask mason about common sense well yeah. maybe we can well, ask maybe him. he can bring some levity it sounds like he's got but, some yeah. of that cool all right, well, we're going to go to break, and when we come back, we have our special guest, Mason Weaver, with us. 
Uh, we're really excited about having him on the show again. He's from Fox News, but we'll give him some intro on that. So you're listening to Southern Fried Philosophy Podcast, and we'll be back. Thanks for listening to the Southern Fried Philosophy Podcast. Welcome back. On the phone line today, we have our special guest, Mason Weaver. Uh, Mason is an accomplished author. He has five books by his uh, his name. Um, let's see, there's five books. It is Okay to Leave the Plantation, Tribalism, The Rope, Diamond in the Rough, Polishing the Diamond. All these books are available through his website, also on Amazon. That's where I ordered mine. And... Uh, we're going to kind of dive into it and get kind of get into some of his history. Uh, Mason has been seen on Fox Business, Fox Channel, CNN, and man, all kinds of shows. So, uh, welcome to the show, Mason. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. A privilege to be here. Thank you. Um, let's see, let's start out now. Um, I, I guess where I first latched on to you and kind of started following some of your uh, your posts on Facebook was uh, I think the first I think the first post I saw was um, X Black Panther. And, of course, it had to do with an Obama uh, video. So can you kind of give us some history as far as, um, I guess, being an ex-Black Panther to to um, your conservative views now? Well, let me start with, with before I became an ex-Black Panther, before I became a Black Panther. Sure. It was, you know, I grew up in a, in, in a rural part of Missouri out in the Ozark Mountains. And, you know, I, I played basketball. I never knew how good I really was at basketball because it was an all-white league. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> that's yes. what I say so, when I play against the little people. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, just coaching. Uh, but when I got ready to graduate, I was eligible to graduate as a junior, but the school did not want me to graduate because they wanted me to play basketball. Uh-huh. Uh, and matter of fact, the, um, the guidance counselor said he would not let me graduate as a junior because he did not want me to take a seat from a more deserving white kid. Oh, wow. Uh, and the coach said, no, we, we're going to play Mason often, but we won't star him because we don't want him to get these white scholarships. Mm. So I was a little on edge, and I th- decided to tell the coach, you don't have to worry about starting me next year. I won't be here next year. And I, I quit high school. I joined the Navy the same day that the king was murdered, April mm. 4th, 1968. Wow. wow. And when my class graduated, I was in Vietnam. Uh, folks often, often ask me, Why did I, what made me leave St. Louis? For Vietnam, and I said, "Well, at least in St. Louis, we got to sh- in Vietnam. We got to shoot back." <laughs> That's right. So I, I went off and and joined the Navy and didn't get a scratch on me. Came back to San Diego after the Navy uh, to be back from Vietnam, and a white racist shipmate dropped a ton and a half of steel on me, trying to kill me oh because of the color of my skin. Wow! And I looked him in the eye when he did it. I saw the look on his face. I have never seen a grown man look at another man with so much hatred. Mm. And uh, the steel fell on me and, and crushed me against the wall and broke things I don't want to mention. <laughs> uh, I was permanently forever disabled and in pain. And 
I then, I had enough. I had enough of people playing with me just because I'm a black man. And, and, and that, the angry look in his face made me angry. I, I now hated America and every white person in it. Hmm. I just was full of rage. Um, I would wake up in the hospital bed. Matter of fact, even if I got out of the hospital, my, my jaws would be sore for being clenched all night. I want to kill this guy. I want to kill everybody that looked like him. I went to uh, the Bay Area and, and um, went to college because I had to retrain myself. I, I'm, I'm a high school dropout now. I'm poor. I'm untrained, unskilled because the job I was doing in the Navy, I couldn't do it with a broken back. Hmm. So I had to. I, I was had no income, no way of making income. So I decided to go to school and use my brain instead of my back. And I, I joined. Uh, I went to Merritt College, the founding campus of the Black Panther Party. And I ran across other angry black men, mm. and we hung together, and we had pity parties, and, and we encouraged the hatred and anger for each other. I was taught sociology by Melvin Newton, Huey Newton's older brother, and I, oh. I was deeply involved in the movement in the Oakland area, um, with the Berkeley, I ran with the Black Student Union, and, and took Swahili and black history, and even though I was a Vietnam veteran, I was older than most of those kids, I hung with them because we had a common philosophy. We hated America. Uh, and, and, and the result of that, I was a dangerous man. I couldn't, I couldn't sit, I could not be on this radio program. Matter of fact, none of my friends could be on this radio program. Uh, but I had, I had to change and make a long story short. God had to, my mother said, he had to do a, a spiritual heart transplant right. on me. And it was, it was instantaneously when I finally realized that Jesus Christ came to earth and died for me, I could not compromise with him because he didn't compromise with me on that cross. And, and the mm. first thing I had to do, in spite of my anger, and in spite of my pledge, my pledge to myself, if I ever saw this white guy again, I did not care where he was. I was going to kill him and go to jail. I was going to eagerly go, come on, take me away. I, think, I, I would, if he was from the police department, I would have, would, would have confessed ahead of time. But what happened after I, after I got healed of that, and I graduated Berkeley, and I started off in my career. I started doing things, but the Black Panther Party, at the time, was had a legitimate reason to exist. The cops in Oakland were stopping black men and make them fight each other for entertainment. Wow. They would they, they did a drive-by of the headquarters. I'm sorry, it wasn't a drive-by; it was a stop-by. They stopped, got out their cars, and shot up the, the headquarters, and went around the block and came back again in uniform in their police cars. So that, it, was, it was a problem. But in Oakland at the time, you, you would not have gangs. No gangs were allowed in Oakland. Uh, prostitution was not allowed in Oakland. Uh, drug dealership was not allowed in Oakland. But, of course, the pastors, they may have walked into your store one day and tell you you owe 500 bucks a month to, to, to be safe. They may have done that. <laughs> but <laughs> but I, got, I got out of it because I won the civil rights. I was fighting for the civil rights. I didn't hate mm. white people anymore. I wanted to compete in America. I thought America, that I, that I owed my ancestors, I owed the people whose souls I was standing on to face America and compete in America and earn what I can earn to take care of my family and my grandkids. And that changed my whole philosophy about capitalism. You know, uh, mm. uh, black folks call it making dough and white folks call it cash flow. Yeah. I had to find out how, which one worked. And I did that, and it, it changed my life and changed my philosophy, and I'm still a warrior, but I'm a warrior for Christ. Wow, awesome. Now, 
neither one of us are old enough or we were uh, we weren't born before uh the when Martin Luther King was assassinated. Hmm. I'm just kind of curious what were the day that happened what were what was going through your head when that was announced? Oh, it was a oh, man, a tremendously emotional day. You get off the you get off the bus in a little small rural town and you can't go in to make a phone call cuz even though it was it wasn't discrimination, they just didn't make you feel comfortable in the bus cafe. Mm-hmm. I had to walk home because the cabs would not pick up somebody like me to go home. I just joined the Navy to defend my nation. Oh, wow. And a white classmate came up to me joyfully, gleefully declaring, have you heard they've killed Dr. King? Wow. And he was thrilled with that. I thrilled and, and come to me like I should be thrilled too. As I knocked him down, he he got up and realized that it wasn't a good idea, <laughs> and he decided to go about his business. I was I was confused. I was I'm joining the navy. I'm going to I'm going to defend my nation, and it seemed like my nation was at war with me. Hmm. Uh, I, I went to boot camp in June during the riots, you know, Cleveland riots in St. Louis, and I and I I'm in the military. It was kind of sheltered. Went to Vietnam immediately after after boot camp almost, and and we we had a a conflict and, and on that ship. That's what caused the division between me and that white guy. Hmm. We had debates every day about black America, and he, his idea of black America was different than my idea of black America, and, and we, 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 we argued, we debated, basically. Uh, but it was tearing that ship up. In the 60s, late 60s, the Navy was in turmoil. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, I mean, it was just, it was a crazy time, but Vietnam had matured me. I was older. I had seen the world. And brother, there was no problem we could not solve here compared to the, the dealings they had to do overseas somewhere. That's right. Now, just out of curiosity, what ship did you serve, serve on in the Navy? I served on two ships in the Navy. I went to Vietnam on the USS Klondike. Um, okay. I went to a parachute, but I, I got hurt on the USS Samuel Gompers. Both of them are just, are just um, I guess, decommissioned now. Both of them are gone. Yeah, my father served on the Saratoga, so that's decommissioned. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I know yeah. that ship. Yeah. Um, see, in this one... I guess today, you know, with social media, social media is such a, it's a blessing because, you know, you can kind of see the good news, but it's yep. also a curse because you see nothing but bad. I mean, I've never seen such division between, uh, you know, Democrat, Republican, Libertarian to whites, blacks, Hispanics. I mean, we yeah, but have you ever seen unity? When have you seen unity in this mm-hmm. country? True unity, never. I mean, I guess when cataclysmic in the events, world, yeah. on the planet Earth, when have you seen more than three people living together, and they all got along. <laughs> yeah, that's right. true. Well, I mean, that's the scriptures true. are clear. You know, there, there is going to be that division, and we know yes, that. Yes, it's going to be division. But it's and the Democratic Party—they are the party of chaos. They're the party of de- deception. They're the party of lies. The last time they lost their slaves, like the last election, mm-hmm. they went to civil war. They, they didn't find common ground. They didn't come around and try to say how can we get along. They went to war. That's mm-hmm. who they are. So you say. So you're saying the, the again, So you're saying the revisionist history where the uh, Democrats switched over to the Republicans and yeah. Republicans. <laughs> that's, that's that's not true. That's what you're saying. Yeah, that, you know, you try you try to make the law work because you're too embarrassed of the truth, and and the Democratic Party has always been. They're the they're the spirit of the feudalism, the spirit of the serfdom. Right. They're, they're the spirit. That, that's what they do. That's what they believe in, and they, that's why they associate with other groups the same general philosophy. That's why I like Islam so much. That's why they love the Islamic terrorists coming in. Yeah. It's the same basic philosophy, terror, murder, and intimidation. That's what they do. As far as, you know, let's go back to, um, you know, probably prior to, well, first off, I want to thank you for your service in the Navy because mm-hmm. uh, so, so many veterans coming back from Vietnam just 
did not have the respect of our countrymen here. And you guys, yeah, you said, know, I keep hearing that story. I would have paid money for some food to spend on the guys I served with. Mm-hmm. I would like to see that. I, I sell tickets. <laughs> I, airport. I believe you. I believe you. <laughs> now, I don't know what happened. I don't know how it happened. They must have been very much outnumbered. That the dudes I served would would have uh, scared these guys alive. That's right. Hmm. The um, I guess we we'll go back to uh, prior nineteen seventy. You know, the, just the black black family, black culture yep. has has yep. dramatically shifted in the last fifty years. Um, yes. I, you yes. know, I guess you know in my history books and my also amateur history. Uh, reading, uh, you can kind of contribute a lot of that to the breakdown of uh, black society and black culture, probably back to LBJ and the war on poverty. Is that? Yeah, or, or, yeah it was. It was around. Actually, it started with. Um, actually, it started with the Kennedy um, election hmm. when when Kennedy ran against Nixon, and and the the I believe the the change in event was when Dr. King was arrested in Birmingham, uh, and the governor of Birmingham said, any one of you guys running for office endorse, or come out and say anything about this, I'm going to endorse the other candidate. Uh, so what happened, uh, Nixon was quiet, but Kennedy people called the governor and found out that he was going to release King anyway, two days. So he called Coretta Scott King and gave us some hope and some information and her father, her husband, Daddy King Senior, said, "If if this Catholic could reach out and comfort my daughter-in-law, then I can support a Catholic for president." And they put out what they call the blue bomb, a million flyers to black pastors supporting Kennedy over Nixon. Before that, black folks have voted Republican since the Civil War, mm-hmm. and he came out and said, "We're going to support Kennedy." Because the, the the flyer said. Uh, Nixon, no comment. Kennedy has a heart, and they hmm. they sell a million flyers. Kennedy won by about a hundred thousand votes, and you can interpret how you want to. But that's when the whole movement started back to the, back to the plantation, back to the slave managers, back to the people that had a plan for you. The Democrats always got a plan for black folks. Hmm. First, the slavery. Uh, during slavery, you had you had one hundred percent employment rate on the plantation. Every slave had a job. Uh-huh. They had a they had low income housing. They had um, uh, low wages. They had medical, and they worked until they died. And the Democrats always had a plan for us: sharecropping, you know, and uh, they uh, and affirmative action. They got a plan, uh, and black folks keep falling for this plan, and we're getting worse and worse off, which is why I attacked John Lewis so hardly. <laughs> I love your Twitter battles with him, by the way, and also you call you calling him out on uh, also on YouTube. It's John Lewis is kind of an embarrassment, I believe. I mean, I think. He he and I think Elizabeth Warren, Pelosi, Reed. These are the, this is the reason why we need term limits because these guys, mm-hmm. as as they get older, they just absolutely make fools of themselves. So, well, they were the same way. They they, they were getting paid to manage Masters Plantation. Mm-hmm. They never want success. If you are successful, you will move out of their district. Yeah, that's right. They're uh-huh. poverty pimps. Their job <laughs> is to is to make you comfortable in your misery. They hate their own race. John Conyers was beaten down like a dog by Democrats. He was harassed by the Klan, Democrats. He was spit on. He had tear gas. He had dogs trained on him by the Democratic Party. On that bridge, they, they stomped him on like a, like a dog in the ground, beat him down to the ground. He got his butt back up and joined the Democratic Party. Mm. How can you do that? 
I mean, it took, took guts to protect that, to face those dogs, but how can you then stand up and lead your people back to the abuser? That's right. They made him a slave manager. I have no respect for him whatsoever, none. Now, in your book, uh, It's Okay to Leave the Plantation, um, basically that, that, that's the whole reference is that um, people have left the, the bonds of irons and fields and farms to basically the government plantation where everything is a government subsidy. And, of course, you know, you're not going to vote anyone against anyone that's going to take a, you know, your paycheck away. It's, it's, it's like um, well, it's, it's like that, that prostitute, the pimp feeds her. Pimp gives her a place. He gets the protection. If he dies, she'll find another pimp. Mm-hmm. She won't go to freedom. She will not go back home to daddy. That abused woman. That man beats her. She calls the police. The police come. She fights the police. And, and she goes back to him. If he dies or leaves her, she will find another abusive man. Black folks continue to support their abusers. And it is, the liberalism is a very abusive belief system. You never see liberals happy. You never see them smile. You never see them cheerful. It's always a problem, always an issue, always stress, because they manage misery. They cannot stand success. They cannot stand positive thinking. They have to keep you in a, in a stressful situation in order for you to keep serving them. Right. They need servitude, not, not anything else. They, 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 they love the fact that you depend on them and you're afraid of us, true people. What, I guess what, what do you see as your uh, – what do you see how, – how can we as you know, con- conservative-minded, rational-minded people, how can we convince the other side that they don't need this constant that's a, barrage? That's a great question. That's a great question. First, let's talk about what you should not do. Stop following their lead. Stop trying to reach out. Stop trying to find common ground. Look at them. You never see them trying to find common ground with us. You never saw them reach out during Obamacare. You never saw them talk to us about the border problems. You never saw them come to us about health care or who goes in the bathroom with you. They govern, and they got us trying to find common ground with them. Stop that. What we must do is recognize they're not some loyal opposition. They're your opposition. We have to rule and govern them. And if we look at what happened in Germany, we didn't go to German, Germany and, and discuss with Hitler the Jewish problem. We had to send the 101st Airborne to talk about the Jewish problem. <laughs> yeah, that's right. uh, we, didn't, we didn't go down, to, you know, we didn't go to Saddam. Saddam disobeyed 17 UN resolutions over 12 years. He was not going to do anything but delay. We have to send the first cavalry in. So if you want to change liberals, the only way you're going to change liberals is to control the leadership. You've got to tear down the walls. Uh, the slave trade was, was the perfect example. They talked about compromising, uh, Missouri compromise, the Castle Nebraska Act. They kept talking about, that's, that's, that's compromise. That's compromise. And finally, this, this new party came up. The radical Republicans, they had nine platforms. Six were saying, if you elect us, we're going to end slavery. And those, the people gave this new party control of the government, just like Trump. Trump won the White House. He won the Congress. He won the majority of governorships. He won the majority of state houses, just like the Republicans did. And the same thing happened. The Democrats knew their slaves were gone that he was going to end slavery, so they went to war, and they will go to war again today if you will not crush them. So politically, stop debating with these Democrats. 
The truth is irrelevant to them. You have never said the truth to them, and they say, oh, that's a good point. I hadn't thought about it that way. Let me think of it. No. Yeah. They will start calling you a name and tearing you up in emotional knots. Let's just govern. If well, you brought jobs to the black folks, they're going to recognize that you're their friend. Sure. Stop illegal aliens coming in our neighborhoods, taking over our jobs and our communities. They're going, to, they're going to come back to the Republican Party, their natural home. Mason, this is Biggin. Um, one question that I have is on our show we talk about how common sense these days is a superpower. So how do, how do we bring – how do we get that to everybody? I mean some of it just makes sense. You mentioned the bathroom thing. You mentioned you know, yep, other examples. Yep. Like how do we yep. bring common sense back to America? Okay. First thing, I have a question for you two guys. All right. What the heck happened to you white people? <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm, what, I'm right there with you. I mean, I mean what, what happened? What, what, what are the Roman legions? Mm-hmm. Can yeah. someone find the Vikings for me? You guys are taking this crap. Mm-hmm. You, you let them come to you and tell you that your little girls have to go to the bathroom with boys. Are you kidding me? That's right. Where, where are you? We need you to join us. This is stupid. You should stand up and shout and say affirmative action is stupid. That, that these federal programs make no sense. Right. And but, so it, we got to first start doing that. Hey, I, I've already done that. Trust me, I, I don't have a I don't have a ton of circle of friends. <laughs> so, no, either do I. If you got friends, do something wrong. That's right. That's right. Something wrong. Well, and part of the issue is is if you do say those things, you know, you're you're automatically a bigot or you're a racist. Yeah, and, yeah. and that's my question. That content. What, when did when did you white guys get so afraid? You conquered the whole doggone world, and now you're afraid somebody's gonna call sure. you a name. Well, and, are you kidding me? It, a and, name. Mason, I'll go even go back to the fact that I, I think that that even plays in in our churches these days is mm. is we've stopped Same being reason. men in the church. Yes, that's why we're not in church anymore. Mm-hmm. I mean, the only way that can you know what I call is guilty white men and guilty Jews mm. are destroying the nation. That's, you guys got to stop it. That's right. You know, yeah. slavery is over. It's done. It's over, man. I, I, I mean, wait, wear your Confederate flag, wave it proudly. <laughs> is your culture not mine? I mean, I went down, to, I took my family down to um, Stone Mountain mm-hmm. in the Georgia? middle of all that controversy. You know, mm-hmm. white folks, yep. it's racist down there. They go, we're going to take down the Confederate flag and take those jittles off the wall. I packed my kids up in the Winnebago, and we drove to Stone Mountain because I wanted to show them what they were seeing on TV could not possibly be true. Mm-hmm. We were in Gettysburg when they had that flag demonstration. I took my kids to Gettysburg for the same reason. I drove into Stone Mountain, man. You heard all the press and how racist Stone Mountain was. I drove there, brother. We had to drive through a black neighborhood to get there. Mm-hmm. When I got there, it cost 15 bucks to get in per car load. And 95% of the joggers were black. Hmm. Uh, I pulled into the campgrounds. The old, old redneck next to me camping has a little Confederate flag on the back of his pickup truck. <laughs> He's watching me. I'm watching him. I got my motorhome and said, hey, neighbor, how you doing? You like cigars? I got some cigars here, man. He said, I got some cigars, man. Well, talk about America. Finally, we agreed 99% on things in America. His kids went, went through with my kids. We stayed all night with a campfire and talking about America. The next day, I went to Stone Mountain to the, to the monument. I looked for a cigarette butt on the ground. Couldn't find one. Mm-hmm. I looked for trash. It was, it was pristine because it is a, it's a monument to their dead. Mm-hmm. The whole place was quiet. Everybody was friendly. It was a monument. I put out a video on that when I came back about the real Stone Mountain. 
I got over 3 million views on that thing, man, because people got tired of being lied to. I call it Black Lives Matter. Well, then that brings us to a good segment. So the, the Black Lives Matter movement. Uh, no, I'm, Black Lives. I'm assuming you're... <laughs> I agree. I agree with that. <laughs> Talk black about that just a little bit. Matter. Why do you say that? Because it's all, it's all based on lies. Well, it, start, it, started with my, it started with the lie of Michael Brown. So Ma- you, you know what, Matt? Michael, Michael Brown was not shot at midnight. Michael Brown was shot at, 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 in the height of the day on a crowded street. Mm-hmm. Many people outside... And many saw him. They saw what happened, and they allowed that man to say he had his hands up when everybody on the block knew it was a lie. So when you when you turn your back on the truth, knowing it's the truth, and you accept a lie, knowing it's a lie, you are spiritually blinded. So when they came up there and said, I, I'm in St. Louis. I knew folks in Ferguson. They all knew it was lies, man. Hmm. They still know it's a lie. They still they, today they will say Michael Brown was shot with his hands up. To, really? And then, even though Eric Eric Holder said it wasn't true, it doesn't matter. So they started with that. They got thirty eight million dollar budget from somebody, and they're running around the country hiring militants to protest and demonstrate, hiring people to fly them into town. In Ferguson, all the hotels were full. If Ferguson was a local riot, why were all the hotels full? <laughs> why couldn't they not get a rental car from the airport? <laughs> so that's uh, that's that's another George Soros uh, Man, party in action. They rented out one whole floor of this one hotel there, and they had rental cars out back, and only the head maid could clean the rooms or go in. And people were coming in and out of town, but the rental cars stayed there. So they were changing people in and out, hmm. and they'll come in the, in the hotel, change into their riot clothes, and go out and cause havoc. And some of the folks I've identified were the same people you saw in Baltimore. And also Charlotte. And we saw that in Charlotte, too. You saw that in Charlotte. And, yeah. and what happened when that, when that church was killed, when that church shooting happened? Yeah, in Charleston. The, the difference that happened with that is that in Ferguson, they called for riots. It, when that black church shooting, they forgave that shooter. Mm-hmm. That's right. And when they forgave that shooter, it killed the spirit. Well, and I was, going back to Ferguson, there, you know, we also now we're, what, three years post, post-mortem on this? Yep. And uh, we now had the Ferguson effect. And, uh, Ferguson effect, yes. And uh, where well, it started with, with Baltimore, actually. That's when that cop told everybody to stand down. Yep. Here in Ferguson, the, the governor told the, uh, the the National Guard to stand down, and uh, he's out of office now. But that yeah. that but that started it. The cops are are afraid to be cops now. Yeah, yeah. They, and they're, granted, they're, they're granted, I would be afraid too. Yeah, and, and absolutely. Now there's I'm, there's always a few bad apples in the bunch, but um, yeah. But you know, man. You know what though? Everybody knows that the. The, the the white cops are protecting black women from from black men. Hmm. The real problem are the black men preying on the community. That's the problem. You want you know I I had a gangbanger on a radio program. I mean, tell us, man. I said, man, if if you bad, I was bad. I was bad. Okay, if you if you bad, I will join you to go and march against the Bloods and the Crips. Hmm. Hmm. That's the problem. See how bad you really are. That's what your <laughs> cops. <laughs> Cops will be one. You go. You gonna call the rescue your behind when they get after you. Well, and I'm sure you saw the um, the protest today that uh, or the petition that is trying to get uh, black silhouettes uh, not being used anymore for target practice because that was unconscious bias <laughs> against the African American community. <laughs> what, are your, what are your thoughts on that? We talked about that earlier on the show. Uh, I I find it amazing. You know, a, a cop stopped me today, 
uh, he, he thought that someone had called 911. I wasn't even, he thought it was me. And, and, and I wasn't afraid of him. Number one, I always carry it. We both got guns. Number one. <laughs> uh, Smart man. Uh, limit, yeah, we, we both got, we, and we both polite because of that. Right. He was polite, and I was polite because of that. Uh, I'm 67 years old. I've lived in black neighborhoods or white neighborhoods. I lived in poor neighborhoods and rich neighborhoods. I have never been arrested, never had handcuffs on me, never been put on, on the ground on my face because I, I'm, a, I'm a mature man. I, the cops are not mm-hmm. my enemy. If a cop stops me, I want to find out what he needs. He must need something from me. Right. Are you yeah. lost? You know, what's up? <laughs> I think it's more of an issue with just the the attitude of, of people getting shot and the actual criminal activity than just the color well, yeah, of the yep. silhouettes. So. This, this, un, this, this unarmed black man syndrome. I had a, a gentleman on the plane at the airport uh, from St. Louis area, and he was defending Michael Brown because he was unarmed. And so I asked the guy, I said, man, how, how tall are you? He's 6'6", 320 pounds, and I'm, I'm six foot, 67-year-old disabled man. Okay? I said, man, can you handle me in a fight? He said, yeah. I said, you, you have any fear that I may be able to take you in a fight? He said, no, man. You know, you old dude. I said, I got you, brother. So, so, so if you're 30 feet away from me, how fast can you get to me? He said, a second and a half, maybe. I said, you're right. So if I have a gun on me and you get to me, the gun is yours. Hmm. He said, right. I said, so if you come at me, one of us going to die. You are armed, and I'm armed. That makes you stupid. <laughs> so don't hit a Michael Brown and Trayvon Martin learns the exact same lesson. Do not hit an armed man. Yeah, I mean, can we just just talk about the fact of? I mean, let's let's do what the officer says. And if even for me and and Mojo talked about several times on the show where he's a white guy and he got beat up by cops. Yeah. Um, can we just do yeah, what the no, officer says and, and you know go that I mean, route? I have been in jail. So. <laughs> no, no, cops don't shoot you because you're black. They shoot you because you hit them, yep. assaulted them, or threatened them. And so would I. Mm. Sure, exactly. Good call. You know, the, the bottom line, Trayvon Martin and and Michael Brown. Here's a scenario. They're saying. Biggie, Biggin, what do you call yourself, brother? Biggin. Biggin. Biggin, listen. What they're saying is that you, bigger than me, stronger than me, that you can do something so bad that you would let me kill you. Mm-hmm. They're saying that, 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 that Trayvon Martin, Mark Zimmerman and Officer Wilson should have allowed themselves to be killed because they did something so bad. No. There's nothing I can do so bad I will let you kill me. So just don't hit me. Right. I understand that. 10-4. Well, and also, I don't, even, I don't even want to really go down the rabbit hole of how the media even spun those no, stories. No, I'm too <laughs> so. old to take a weapon. I'm too old. I can't, from, I can't take no weapon. I'm too old. That's right. Well, th- we're in North Carolina, so North Carolina's an open carry state, so I, we like to practice that. So, um, Going back to, I want to go back to, to colleges. Colleges have also, um, I think we've gone from a, an education society to basically just a social hangout, uh, yeah. social justice war club. That's right. That's right. Now, um, you're, you're a UC Berkeley guy. Um, what's yep. your, what's your thoughts on the, uh, past two weeks ago with, uh, the UC Berkeley, uh, uh, quote unquote protest, um, yeah. against Milo Yiannopoulos? Uh, the campus police and the Berkeley police are, uh, 
communist controlled. That that I, I've spoken at the same club that invited Milo to come. I spoke at the same building in the same room he was going to be in. Uh, they had demonstrators when I spoke, but we had 400 uh, uh, Berkeley Republican men with me, so I I wasn't evicted. But they but those guys that came, if you watch the video, number one, it was only one small fire shot from different angles. It was only one food court <laughs> cart that burned. It wasn't a riot. And the people that were demonstrating, they were riot, they were demonstrating were peaceful until these guys who met in Oakland, they met in Oakland, down Telegraph Avenue, and they got their black clothes on, and they concealed their crowbars, and they bathed in their clothing, and they put their mask on, and got in the van and drove down Telegraph Avenue to Berkeley. They made, they made a right turn on that street, and moved down by that parking lot down the street, and they got out, and the cops, the Berkeley, well, the city police could have stopped them, but when they got on that campus, the campus police protected them. Allow them to break those windows at the at the door, and walk into that first floor while Milo's on the fifth floor, and he had to escape to that back stairwell, and down to the bottom where the cafeteria is. And they allowed that riot to happen. It was approved, or at least fully approved by the by the campus police. It was a lot of damage, even though you saw a whole lot of news coverage about they only broke like three or four windows, and they burnt that cart and painted Milo's up on it. Berkeley is a radical center. Berkeley trains their kids and their professors to be un-American, anti-white, anti-capitalism. They hate America. When I was there, it was the students protesting the faculty. Now it's the faculty <laughs> leading the protesting. Wow. <laughs> so they were, they were protesting themselves? <laughs> well, they, they grew up and became professors now. But these, these clowns, I mean, I know some of the professors at Berkeley now. Uh, what, what, what Trump should do it's not even worry about the tuition. Above Berkeley is Berkeley Labs. <laughs> and they do millions and millions of dollars in federal research uh. contracts. Give that to Stanford across the bay. Mm. And down the freeway, you got Lawrence Berkeley Laboratory. Even more, millions of bucks. in research and development is just thinking. And you got the same professors across the bay in Stanford. Give them the contracts and let Berkeley use their $11 billion endowment to pay their bills next time. That's right. That or uh, just since California is California is going to secede, I guess we could, I guess yeah, the we, other the other forty nine states. That once before, it's called a civil war. <laughs> That's, That's right. right yeah, I don't see. And how? By the way, how are the, how are these uh, these uh, purple haired uh, uh, My Little Pony haired colored uh, kids going to fight a civil war with bongs and and uh, <laughs> and sticks? I guess I don't understand well, how they're going to do this. <laughs> and, and the difference is, is I think the Civil War people wanted actually wanted them to stay. We just we'll we'll let California just go. That's right. Just yeah, go we'll ahead and knock them. yourself out. But yeah. Who, I want to see what they do when they got to build their own defense. <laughs> what, what, well, also, do? that's right. And also, uh, you know, also California has thirty three percent of all uh, government subsidies entitlements go to go to California. So uh, that's yeah, a that'd be uh, a big. I, I spent thirty five years in well, forty five years in California, thirty five years in San Diego. And Mexico now actually runs California. Mm. Uh, mm. In, in San Diego, you can see the, the school buses. Well, it used to not, they still might not do this now, but the school buses in San Diego will go to the border, and kids living in Tijuana will cross the border and get on the buses and go to U.S. schools. Wow! And taxpayers and they, are paying they, they for it. They get paid for every head in the seat, right? Wow! Now I want I want I want to tell you a little something about about California, and Mexico. Before I do that, though. 
the illegal aliens in Mexico get a a card from the consulate in San Diego and anywhere in California. That card identifies them as an official Mexican identification card. It's lies, but it identifies them. And California knowingly allows these people to take this card to DMV and get a driver's license. Because God be able to drive in California, they can't get, they can't work without a driver's license, hmm. and they can't rent an apartment. So they they let them get these cars, driver's license, and now they can also go and register to vote, vote. in California. Wow. So Mexico is actually controlling California. They, they and and by the way, I mentioned what happened to you white folks. Tell you something. I want you to wake up. I want you to I want you to open your eyes about Mexico. Stop listening to the scenario. Mexico is not a poor nation. They're not sending their people over here because they're poor and they're hungry. Mexico are run by people that look like President Fox, mm. white Europeans. That's right. They, they run the government. They run the, the talk shows, the game shows. They own the businesses. They look like regular Europeans, red-haired, blonde, blue eyes. Mm. But you have never seen a red-haired, blonde trying to pick your tomatoes. That's right. <laughs> Well, You've never it, seen a, a big busted red-headed white girl trying to wash your dishes. It's BS because but it's you, a you different genetic see, type. Yeah. You, 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 only, you only see the short, straight black hair, high cheekbone, Indians. Mm-hmm. That's right. You only see the Indians crossing the border illegally. That's racism. That's right. Yeah, Mexico City, the demographics look a little bit different in uh, Mexico City versus uh Tijuana or Chihuahua. Tijuana. Yeah, that's right. But in Tijuana, like in Mexico City, only the white Europeans run the, run the government and run the businesses and, and, and run the tourism. And those, matter of fact, in Tijuana, you can stand over, on the overpass over Highway 5 and you can just see them driving through, showing their ID to the Border Patrol agents. They don't, they don't even get stopped. They come in, they work in San Diego, and they, they live in San Diego, and they go back and forth, they drive back and forth. But 10 miles east, the Indians are crossing the border at night over the desert. What's the difference? Uh-huh. There's so no that, difference that they're Indians. That wall's got to go all the way over to San Diego. Got it. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. They, they, they can drive in. That's crazy. They, they, you, can, you can pick them out. When they, why would you walk across the border in, through the desert where you can drive through the, the border opening? They come in by the thousands. It's a, it's, a, it's a traffic jam coming into San Diego every morning. Wow. Uh, now, going back to college campuses real quick, um, yep, yep. what's your opinion on these safe zones, uh, these uh, new, uh, I guess we now have 87 or 88 new genders? Um, <laughs> actually, I, I just read an article from- Is that many now? <laughs> I, think this, I think so. Um, actually, also, just something, this has just came up today on, on uh, Washington Times, University of Washington at Tacoma's writing center uh, now instructs and now instructs students that expecting proper grammar from others perpetuates racism and unjust yes. language structures. And guess what? It also stops you from being able to grade your teaching. Mm. Mm. You can't be graded as a teacher now. Back in the in the nineties, they had something called um, <coughs> what was it? Ebonics. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I call it the ebonic plague. <laughs> well, you well, you had, you had you had these teachers in Oakland. Starting with Jesse Jackson talking about that to stop these kids from using their street language as racism, and they they have to learn, they have to have their street language to live and survive, and they were promoting teaching these kids broken English so they couldn't get a job. Hmm. Now the people of Oakland got rid of every one of those people. The next election they got rid of them, 
but the, the concept of sending kids to school and not teaching them and still getting paid, and then they're still getting paid, is common. Mm. So we've got 80-some genders now. Uh, we're, we're trying our best to take away manhood because they're afraid of you white folks and the Vikings. They're afraid of, of, the, of the knights. They're afraid of you guys. They're, they're afraid of me because, you know, they, they, they want to take away our manhood because if we were real men, we would defend our kids. That's right. We would defend our women. And so they want to, t- they want to be, get you confused over your gender. What, what kind of madness do you have to succumb to for you to think you got female parts? Mm, yeah, we, we say we you just lost your mind. You just lost your everlasting mind. You are mentally ill, and we should be saying that's a mental illness. We should say any man who thinks they are a female is mentally ill. you got well, a problem. It is listed in American psychology books. No, that, they changed it. No, it was to gen- it to, gender dysphoria. You, no, it, the MV, it, it, the uh, uh, MV4 has that listed as, a, as an illness. It's no longer there. And now a pedophile is going to be not a mental illness. Hmm. Yeah, it, it, take... it's a slippery slope. You know, first you say that, and then yeah, you go to pedophile and then bestiality, and then well, we well, already have people. There we go. Yeah, we also have people. They, they want to take away all of your ability. I mean, look, I was just telling someone today. Look at the football games. I don't watch football no more, but look at the mm. games. Now you do not have one male commentator on the field. Mm. They're all females, all good-looking females. And in the locker room, you have no male interviewers in the locker room. You have naked men with pretty women interviewing them in their shorts and, and left their shorts. You have no males in a football team's locker room interviewing them. Well, That's Mason, taking away your manhood. Yeah, I'll call it the wussification of America. Um, yep, you know, I call you... it something better I can't hear on the radio. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> uh, close you... enough, brother. Close enough. But you've got, like, the, the men playing football, wearing all pink. Now, come yes, on. Sir. Let, let's yes, stop sir. that. Can we just, I'm yes, sick sir. and tired of seeing yes, that. Right. No, we can't be men. No. We're embarrassed to say that's stupid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm not doing that. I'm not wearing that mess. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> so I just we, need, like, T.O. to just, like, say, no, I'm done. We're afraid <laughs> to call a name. Yeah. Can you imagine the names I'm calling a black conservative? <laughs> I couldn't have even imagined. No. I'm, but see, what I have, my immunity to that, is that my wife gives me a kiss every time I'm called Uncle Tom. So mm. I solicit it. I solicit so you guys, are, you guys are making out all the time, I guess. Then, oh, aren't yeah, you? buddy, buddy, buddy. No breaks. <laughs> Come up for air. That's, that's all right. That's all right. Now, I, I got to – let's get your insights. Since we kind of understand how you feel about the gender issue, what do you think about the Sean Kings and the uh, Rachel Dolezals of the world who um, one day decide to wake up and they identify as black or – uh, you, you know, this is this is the madness that we've steeped into. You know, you know, man. Um, I don't care what you identify as, black or white. You still can't play basketball. It doesn't really matter how, <laughs> how you look at it. It does not matter. It makes you feel good. Go and, and that little white girl that want to be black. She still had a flat butt. It did not matter how she <laughs> identified herself. <laughs> you can play them games all day long. You right. all what God made you. Bless your heart. That's right. Yeah, that's where I come in on it is that I, I believe that God God made us equal but not same. You know, yep. that that we are equal in his eyes, but we are not built the same. Uh, the, the ladies that are trying to go in special forces should do the exact same thing as the guys trying to do that as well. So that that's, you know, that's your lot. No, we... 
you know, we know it's foolish. That means we must say it's foolish. To give them some credence, to say, okay, maybe, that's, that's actually feeding their mental illness. Mm-hmm. You are mentally ill if you've got a white parent and you, or a white girl and you frizz your hair up to pretend to be black. I know a girl at, at, at Berkeley. I knew her in the neighborhood, a black girl. I knew her in the neighborhood. She was a black American chick. When I saw her at Berkeley, she was Jamaican now. Accent, everything. <laughs> I said, girl, please. I'm sorry. You born in Richmond, California. I'm sorry. Well, before 2000, probably before 2008, we would have called that uh, a con artist. But yeah, I, well, I, yeah, I, I don't know what happened. Well, we call a few things ourselves, but we have to just, <laughs> folks, we're sane. The yep. three of us are sane people. And when you see something foolish, we have to take the hit. And call that insanity instead of debating with these fools over the level of foolishness we're going to accept. So your kids will accept what you tolerate. Let's stop tolerating madness. Yeah, we call it here in the South calling the spade a spade. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. You got to call it like you see it. If you don't, it's going to call you. Or that, do- <laughs> that dog don't hunt. There you go. That's a good one. Mason, um, we're going to wrap this up here in a second, but... Uh... <sighs> Let me, man, I'm sorry. We can edit this out. I just lost my thought. Train of thought. Um, you know, huh, brother? Ah, oh, man, my brain just just you locked. Mine up. too. It, it, it's Mason, a badge of honor to be that old. You got so much in your brain, you forget something. That's right. He gets locked up about once a show, and and it takes him like a minute to get back. He's it just his brain reboots. It's it's insane. Too much oh. going on here now, man. This, this election has unleashed a volume of emotions on this country. Oh, we're overwhelmed now. But it's going to last a little, little time. It won't last long. And we're going to win because now we're governing. It's, I, I, uh, I was up there by the Pence rally today in St. Louis. And, you know, it, it was hundreds of folks lined up to get in. And there was 23 protesters. I counted them. <laughs> and the news led with the protesters. Of course. Um, you know, I wish, I, I, you know, I know, President Trump kind of uh, stepped ahead of himself the other day when he, uh, I guess, forecasted Sweden, you know, and uh, suppo- supposed, uh, I guess, kind of spoke out ahead of himself. But um, of course, the oh, news. Did he? Well, did that's he? what I'm saying. The new, the, of course, the news read oh, into it, and of course, brother, you know, Trump- I have, I have a friend that just came back from Sweden. He he was there for Christmas. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was going to go to that market that the guy. But, but he was telling me about the problems in Sweden already. Women can't go anywhere. They're taking over businesses. They're camping out in the streets. Uh, there's trash every place. Uh, this, this is a clash of cultures. And the president knew it. He didn't foretell it. He described it before the press started saying it. That's right. The press started reporting it because he had already made it news. But Europe is in chaos right now, man. Yeah, Europe I, I is, wish has that... been invaded. And by the way, I got friends on the border in Texas, working for our government. I will not tell you an agency, but they, they called us and said they're a flood, they're being flooded with Middle Eastern men traveling by themselves. Really? Huh. Strong, athletic men. Fighting, fight, as they call fighting age. Folks. Yeah. Well, I, I guess I wish America would actually look at the crisis in Europe, because that's really America in five years in, in, mm-hmm. in the future. Buddy, don't forget now, the liberal part of America loves what they see in Europe. 
Liber- I understand, man. Liberals are not like you. They do not want what you want. Oh. You are rose. They are fungus. Hmm. Fungus only grows in darkness. That's right. You grow in light. You cannot compromise with them because you have to turn down your light and stop growing to be with them. They want chaos. They want war. They want misery. They want fear. They live in the atmosphere of fear. That's right. You cannot reach them. You cannot consult them. You cannot compromise with them. You must control them. Or they will take over your house, man. You know, one of my best friends is a uh, Algerian Muslim who uh, who proudly served uh, U.S. military in uh, Desert Storm, and uh, kind of got his two cents on this whole uh, migrant refugee thing. He's actually, I mean, he's for the the, ex- the extreme vetting. I mean, he's uh, oh, has yeah. said the same thing that th- these are cultures that uh, do not how to read and write, um, who know know how to recite uh, bastardized versions of the Quran, who basically want to come in and change the culture that they don't want to assimilate. They want to no, I mean, conquer. What kind of culture does it take for you to raise a kid who is proud to stick a stick of diamond up his behind and go to a pizza parlor? What kind of, what kind of civilization is that? That's you right. Know, you, 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 you should listen to that guy because just like me, there, there's a reason why you, you will never find a mild mannered black conservative. That's right. You'll never find a, a moderate black Republican. We know what liberalism is, it is not to be played with. That's right. Well, I mean, you, you know, I mean, look, for example, Afghanistan. We, you know, we've relocated quite a few refugees from Afghanistan. Did you know that t- it is 2017 now, and finally, the Afghan government is actually banning Baka Bazi. I don't know if you're familiar with Baka Bazi. Baka yeah. Baka Bazi for our listeners. Baka Bazi is where um, children under the age of pu- puberty are actually. Uh, feminized as women and kept up and supported by uh, and sold off as sex slaves to to Afghan men. 2017, they finally uh, banned it. They didn't ban it because of the ill practice. Actually, it was banned under the Taliban. Um, They banned it now because they were worried about um, these upper echelon Afghan um, governors and uh, uh, politicians and having these these Bakabazi boys in they're now being trained to carry dynamite and explosives and basically kill man, politicians. You know, since we're all Christian men, let's let's get down to it. What are we fighting? Is it the type of mm-hmm. people we're fighting are going to, the, are going to be the folks that are going to come against Christ in the last days. They're going to surround Jerusalem, try to make God a liar. They're going to regather in, in, in the presence of Megiddo called Armageddon, and Jesus Christ is going to come down, and their blood will boil out their bodies and flow to the Mediterranean or Dead Sea. And for a thousand years, these same people are going to have to go every year to the monument of their defeat. And for a thousand years, see us in the New Jerusalem. And after a thousand years, they're still going to try God again. So if God cannot stop these fools from coming at him after, after Armageddon, mm-hmm. how are you and I going to stop them? That's right. Yeah, you can't uh, talk to them. There's, there's no scenario where the Red Dawn it actually would, would work out. Yeah. That movie, Red Dawn. <laughs> no, no, no. We have to... Uh, you know, what happened at the election, what won the election, I have never seen so many Christians on their face before God. And they weren't praying for victory. They were, they were praying for forgiveness mm. for allowing this nation to go so far towards hell. That's right. We were, so, we were, we were sorry, God, we apologize. We shouldn't have done it. And God said, okay, one more chance. <laughs> That's how he is, one right? One more chance. It's always one more chance. Well, we're gonna, one more chance. That's right. Because he's he grateful. Because he, he's gracious. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna break the seriousness of this uh, of this conversation because I know a lot of people are probably sitting here on pins and needles because 
it's a lot of information being thrown at them and also an, an opinion that probably uh, they they've been scared to speak out like you said where where's the where's the dominant the dominant people out there to speak up so uh, we do a little segment here and biggin's going to do it with you. it's called 10 and one and it's basically 10 questions and hopefully you can answer in a minute of course there is no oh, I'll do that. there is no grand prize here so <laughs> but but uh here here we go and we'll let you give you the big in here all right here we go so are you ready yep all right fox and the hound or fox news fox news uh cheetos or doritos you know, I begin to like the real a little bit more than I used to, but it's always Cheetos. I love the puffy kind. <laughs> uh, favorite, motiva- the girls. <laughs> favorite motivational quote? Me. Stay right or be left. <laughs> nice. What's the last TV show you binge-watched? I binge-watched. Uh, my wife likes um, a white collar. I think she has a crush on a little white boy that leads it, but I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> what are you looking forward to most in 2017? Uh, 2017 this year. Yes, sir. I'm looking forward to, for the first time in my adult life to watch this government govern from the right. I'm looking nice. forward to that. Uh, happiest moment ever. The happiest moment ever was when the world's most beautiful woman, after five years of me begging, decided to marry me. <laughs> nice. It always takes begging. Uh, oh yeah, you ain't begging, you ain't doing nothing right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> House of Cards or Card Sharks. Uh, I'm a card shark. I, I love that. that. Higher or lower. I love that one. All right. Uh, finish the statement. Uh, and this is just you and I listening, so nobody else is listening. Uh, All fin- right. Finish the statement. The Clintons are... Crooked. <laughs> All right. That was, that was very politically correct. Crooked as a dirt road in Duke, Georgia. <laughs> <laughs> the next question is, uh, the best interview ever, and you get 10 additional seconds if you say it's us. <laughs> Well, so far, you guys are pretty close. Uh, there was a interview idea from a, a guy in, in England. I forgot his name, but I praised him because at the end of the interview, I could not tell if he was a liberal or conservative. Oh, wow. That's a good one. Last, yeah, that was a political interview. That was, it was great. Last question is, what is your spirit food? I don't have, I'm not a foodie. I don't have, like, my wife has to go and make cook, and whatever she puts in front of me is great. I make some very good ribs. However, my specialty is a I smoke a turkey on the barbecue in a paper bag. Oh, I've wow. never heard that before. <laughs> Nobody has. I oh, smoke wow. it. It takes about an hour to cook a full turkey in a paper bag. Did you come up on uh, with that on purpose or just by accident? No, a guy, a friend of mine, Vietnam buddy, I'm from Texas, taught me how to do it. Huh. And I, sometimes I cook three or four turkeys with friends a, a, a year. And it, the, the white meat is moist. The bone falls off the bone, of the meat falls off the bone. It is moist and tender, and the taste. I, I cook it with hickory, and you have never tasted turkey like this. Hmm. Interesting. All I know is we probably need your address so we can come over for dinner because yes. it sounds yeah. like your wife knows how to cook. I got a, I got a video. Just cook it yourself. All right, you come out here. <laughs> hey, um, Mason Weaver is our guest again. We appreciate you. Get, appreciate you coming on so much. Um, I'm gonna plug your website, masonweaver.com. Um, also, you can check Mason out on face on the Facebooks, at Mason Weaver. Um, check out his videos on YouTube. Um, he has a ton of interviews out there. Like I said, with uh, Fox News. Fox Business, CNN, and some other uh, media outlets. Uh, Mason, we really appreciate you. Hopefully, you'll come back on the show um, sometime back in uh, this year and just check back in with us. Anytime, buddy. Stay uh, right or be left. Eternity like is a long time to be wrong. That's I like that.
This is Mason Weaver. You're listening to Southern Fry Philosophy. Stay right or be left. Eternity is a long time to be wrong.